0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of launch it girl. It's so good to be here. You guys, I have such a fun guest with me here today, Monica Tanner relationship and intimacy sexpert. So good. Monica say, Hey,
1: thank you for the sweet introduction. I'm so excited to be here as well. So good.
0: I'm so excited about this conversation. I think there's a lot of overlap in what we know, what we're experiencing, but you are the expert in really balancing entrepreneurship and marriage. And I think we actually live in the same community. We sit in the same circles. And finally, we got the experience to really connect personally a couple of weeks ago. And obviously I was like, Monica, you got to come on the show. I think this is a really important topic, something that's not discussed enough. And I think just really leaning in and knowing that juggling entrepreneurship and marriage is complex. It can be really messy, and I really want to bring light to some of these topics, and as you are the expert, I would love to hear really how you tackle these, some of these even taboo subjects, but before we dive in, please give a little bit more about what you do, how you serve people, and and let us know more about you.
1: Yeah, so I help passionate mostly female entrepreneurs, but it works both ways. Juggle, like you said, the responsibilities of marriage, motherhood, and entrepreneurship, because we know that marriage is hard. Motherhood is hard. Entrepreneurship is hard, but they're all so like crucial to our development and who we are, right? Many of us have this message that we want to share in the world. Most of us are are servant leaders, and we want to start a business with something that we feel passionate about. But as a wife is a full-time job, mother is a full-time job, and then we enter this realm of entrepreneurship, I never want anyone to have to choose between their dedication to their family and their passion for their mission. And so many times when I talk to entrepreneurs or passionate entrepreneurs who are either starting, growing, or scaling their business, they have this overwhelming feeling of guilt or overwhelm because they're like, I still, you know, my husband's like, you know, can't figure out what I'm doing all day. And, you know, my kids need me and the laundry is piling up and I have all these things, but I really like part of me is sharing this message and doing this business. And so I teach skills and strategies to be able to really juggle all of that without all the guilt and overwhelm.
0: So good. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to dive into some of those but can you share, like, how did you even land here in this space and what was your journey of getting here?
1: Yeah. So they always say your mess becomes your message, right? Well, I've always been kind of the entrepreneurial spirit. Like I've always just needed something to do to kind of express myself. But I remember when I first got married, Well, let's rewind even back when I was 12 years old, my parents announced that they were divorcing and they're incredible people. Right. But that obviously kind of flipped my world upside down. And I remember like as this pretentious 12 year old, I was like, I'm never going to let that happen to me. And I like kind of dedicated myself to the question, what makes a marriage strong and lasting? And as I continued to grow, I had these two questions that I was always asking myself. What makes a marriage strong and lasting and what defines success? Cause I was like one of those really success oriented people. Like I wanted to be the best at everything I did. And so as I've kind of gone on this journey to become a wife and a mom, I thought, you know, I'm just going to be the best wife and the best mom. And that's it. Like, I, that's all I want to be known for. That's all I want to accomplish. And so I got married to this incredible man. We started a business together, which was really fun. And then I started having these babies and I felt so guilty because even though I had these babies and they were wonderful and I loved being their mom, I always kind of, there was like this thing inside of me. Like I was like, I just, I need something that's just me. It's like an expression of who I am and something that I put out into the world besides like being a wife and a mom. Because As wonderful as that is, I just, you know, at first it was crafting. I made these homemade crafts and I built this whole business around this seasonal boutique where I had all these crafters come together and, you know, we'd we'd have this big event and it was so much fun. And then I sold that business and my husband never liked that business. He constantly was trying to buy it from me. Like literally he would be like, can I just pay you for this? And we just be done with it. Right. But I just, it was like such a part of me. I just needed to be able to do something with my hands and with my mind and creativity. Right. And so I sold that business once my last of four kids went back to school and I thought I'm going to go back to school and become a marriage and family counselor. And so I did that for about a year. I got a year into that graduate program. All my kids are now in all day school and I would come home crying every single day. I was like, I don't want to be a counselor. Like, I don't want to have couples come to me when they're just at their end of their rope and just try to revive this, this thing. Like I want to keep them from the counseling office. And so it was a really difficult decision, but I, dropped out of that program and was kind of searching for like, how am I going to help married couples? Like, I want to be so involved. I want to help them, but you know, I'm going to just have to start a business. And I didn't know what I was doing and I had some great mentors, but I kind of learned all of this the hard way as I'm starting my business and trying to juggle my, my other responsibilities as wife and mom and, you know, primary caretaker and taxi driver and cook and all of the things, right? But I had this passionate message that I wanted to share. And so this has been like the last three years of my life, just trying to figure out how to make it all work without all the guilt and overwhelm. So that's how I did this, I guess.
0: (laughs) So good. And I love what you said. Our mess becomes our message, right? And this is where you really leaned in. And I think, again, it's such a needed space. I know my own clients, you know, as I track the the moms, right? Just it's the constant push and pull of feeling like you're being tugged all over the place. Meanwhile, like this fire is within you to serve in a space outside of marriage and mother which there's of course nothing wrong with those elements, but it's like, how do we beautifully blend all these things together and still show up in the areas of life that we want in the best way? So can you tell us, especially for maybe even newer entrepreneurs, what is it like as we make, especially the shift from corporate to entrepreneurship, right, and how that dynamic really changes, what are some things that women- could either keep in mind or what types of things should we be doing to make sure that our spouses maybe feel involved or they're kind of on the same page with us so that we can build a business of our dreams and we don't wreck our marriage in the midst of that.
1: Absolutely. And that's what I'm absolutely obsessed with is I think that the biggest thing is this vulnerability and this intimacy. So I started as you announced me as an intimacy sex expert, right? And so when I started, I was really really studying and helping couples with intimacy. And it's so interesting because that theme runs through the importance of, you know, being able to juggle it all is be, to be able to be intimately connected to your spouse. And what I mean by that is as a passionate entrepreneur starting this business, you have dreams and goals, whatever those are, whether it's to write a book, whether it's to speak on stages, whether it's to impact all these people or make a million dollars, whatever your dreams and goals are. The most important thing that I could tell you is don't keep those to yourself. I love to tell the tale of these two women. The first one has these dreams and these goals of of writing a book and speaking on stages and making a million dollars, but she's scared to tell anyone about it because what if it doesn't come true, right? And so she's got these secret goals and dreams that she's chasing in her business, but she's trying also to do the laundry and the dinner and take the kids places and, and be there for her husband. Right. But she's not really telling anyone. And so she's up early in the morning and staying up late at night and just, and trying to be all the things to all the people and not asking for help because she feels so guilty. And I describe that in such detail because that was me. That's how I started. I was like, I can't tell people about these dreams that are on my heart because a, they're going to laugh at me and b Like I shouldn't be having all these dreams. I should be content with all the other things that I do. Right. And it wasn't until I, I opened up, I kind of like cracked open my soul and I was vulnerable and intimate with my husband. And I said, Hey, I don't know where this comes from, but it's so deeply ingrained in me. I want these things. Like I want to become this human being that does these things. Right. Right and I love my family and I cherish my relationship with you and with our kids. And so I don't want you to let me have that take over. Like my priorities are to be a wife and a mom, but this is such a big part of me as well. And so when I could open up and be intimate and say like, I'm going to need your help. Right. Because I'm going to be launching these things, or, you know, I'm going to be figuring out how to do this podcast or or whatever. And that's going to take some time away from these other things. But I want you to, you know, help me. And so, all of a sudden, now you have like launch week starts and you've got my husband will hold the family meeting. And he tells the kids like, Hey, listen, mom's launching this week. She's put a lot of work into this really exciting project she's been working on. And so, you know, dinner's going to be cold cereal a few nights. And, you know, you guys are going to have to pitch in with the laundry and, you know, I'm going to help you with your homework for the next few days. Right. And mom's going to do this thing that she feels really strongly about. And then when it's over, We'll get mom back right and so it's like this family group effort now it's not like mom trying to be all the things and secretly work on her dreams it's like everybody's involved and i love the idea that your business impacts your family so much not just financially but then the kids get to see mom in this like thing that she feels so excited and strongly about and then they get to learn along the way like what if it didn't turn out the way i planned which oftentimes it doesn't right. Like I fell short of my financial goals or whatever. And so then in like, like, how does mom deal with that type of disappointment? How does she go through like what happened and how it all went and see how, you know, we can change it for the better next time. And how does she get back on that horse and keep going? You know, when it doesn't turn out right, Or how does she celebrate her small wins or, you know, how does she make her family a priority, even though these other things are so pressing. So it, it's like so many opportunities to teach and, and bring your kids along for the ride and your whole family, make your whole family part of this and show them how we support and love each other. So, so yeah, I get really excited about, you know, all the things that, you know, being an entrepreneur adds to your motherhood and, and being a wife as well. Mm-hmm
0: so good I love the vulnerability part it's like literally and how you described it of like cracking open your soul and just being like babe like I can't keep this inside of me anymore and I think just that invites them to experience that with you and I think everybody responds differently to that but you know you at least did your part and sharing right and not keeping that to yourself and how hard is it to keep it to yourself, but I do think it's right. Like, well, what if this thing fails? What will people think of me? And I do find that people just kind of keep to themselves. But when you kind of step into that fear of rejection, if you will, and overcome this idea of rejection, you get to step into new circles. You get to expand your way of thinking, believing, and also really take a hard look uh, of of your people around you. Like, do you have the right people around you that can support? this piece. And if not, maybe we go find some of those, but I think the number one person has to be your spouse. Right. And mm-hmm. I love that you said that I think to like this idea of like the ebbs and flows of entrepreneurship, it's just not clean cut, like working a job is right. Like I leave at seven 30, I come home at five, we're done. We're ch- clocked out. It's so ebb and flow. And I I think that this is where we get hung up in the ups and downs of like working. And I was just talking about how there are some weeks where I'm, where I'm 30 plus hours in other weeks, I'm like five to 10 hours. But when I know I have a big launch coming, like for instance, we just did this event last week and I knew I would be up here in my office. All week long, especially during the event, sun up to sundown. And I over communicated that with my husband and my family. So, like you said, they knew everybody was pitching in. Dinner wasn't the greatest. Laundry was overflowing. The house got a little messy, but like I completely detached from that and again, over communicated those expectations with them. So, everybody was on the same page. And there's such a gift in that. Right. But I'm so lucky to have that support. But what about the person that opens up right to their spouse and they're still having resistance there? What would you say to them?
1: Yeah. And that's going to happen. I warn people against like thinking that the resistance is all bad. Right. Because people think, oh, my, my husband's not supportive and yeah, your husband. Yeah. Good for you. You have this great supportive husband and that's amazing. Right. But my husband's not supportive at all. And so I challenge you when that happens to, instead of thinking like, oh, my, like going into that resentment cycle, like my husband's not supportive and now I'm resenting him and I have this thing and like, I feel like either have to choose or whatever. If you can see that resistance as a good thing, like sometimes it's like your husband's trying to protect you, or sometimes it's just your husband's like kind of mourning the loss of of all the time and energy that he used to have from you. Right. And so I, instead of seeing that as like, Oh, this is so bad. And how am I ever going to be successful with this husband? That's not supportive. Like I would invite you to kind of dig deeper and see like, where does that resistance come from? Maybe he's like not getting some need met from you or something. Like maybe you can be vulnerable with him. And in turn, he will be vulnerable with you. Like, Like, I feel like if you do this business and you are super successful and then, you know, what, what about your family who needs you or whatever, like, what are his fears? Like what's driving this unsupport as you see it. Right. And then there's always things that we can do once, once we see, find out what the root of it is. So instead of just being resentful and like, I'll never be successful because my husband's not supportive, maybe you, maybe that's a great opportunity to connect and bond and you get vulnerable with him. And in turn, he might become vulnerable with you and tell you where that's that resistance is really coming from because resistance is a sign of a very healthy relationship. I think people get really afraid of conflict when conflict is so good. It means the other person cares. Like, obviously they care. So, you know, just see it as a positive and see if you can't get to the root of maybe where that's coming from and ask him, be like, I you know, I really want to do this. I feel really strongly about it, but I, I need your support. Like I need you to, to support me in this. And how can we make that happen and see how that goes for you? That's so good. And I think it's
0: important. There is the root, right? We're not surface level conversations. It's like, oh, you have to go do this thing again. Well, you know, I, I, Uh, but I can't make dinner tonight. Like, oh, but if we go deeper, like, oh, what is this actually about? It's about feeling alone or afraid or insecure. That is where we need to have those conversations. And I think that's the problem is there's this surface level, right? Like, oh, but you didn't make dinner tonight or right, the, the laundry's overflowing or whatever. Well, what is this really about? And I think if we can ask better questions of like understanding how they're feeling and we come with compassion, which means seeking to understand, And what you said is so important. And as women, as we start to dive into this passion, this is going to cause some things to surface for him. And it's really important to honor that and lean into that rather than staying at surface level, kind of like right conversations.
1: Yeah. You said one of my favorite words, which is compassion and seeking Mm -hmm. to understand. Like resistance is going to come out in all different ways. It's going to come out in grumpiness. It's going to come out in, you know, not wanting to help and watching too much football or whatever, it's going to like, it It surfaces for everybody differently, but having that compassion and understanding, like, instead of just, oh, you didn't do the dishes, like, you know, what happened here? Like, you know, I thought, you know, we talked about this, I was gonna, you know, do this interview, and we we're gonna do the dishes. I just wonder, like, what happened or whatever. Like when you can come from a place of seeking to understand where the resistance is coming from, you're definitely going to make more progress than just being frustrated and resentful.
0: Yeah. I love that. What would you say? I mean, in the, in the, all the work that you've done, has there ever been a time where ultimately a woman has had to choose her marriage over pursuing her passion?
1: Yeah. In fact, boy, oh, I wish I'd prepared a little bit more. I, I just set up an interview with a woman who wrote a book. She chose her business over her marriage. And she's so passionate about not allowing that to happen to other people. Like I'm really excited to interview because she tells her, she tells her story about how difficult of a choice that was. And sometimes it's the right choice. I mean, everybody has to choose for themselves, but you know, as far as I can help it. And as far as I can help you see ways to incorporate your marriage and your family life into your business. I mean, that's my passion. So everybody has to choose for themselves, like what a good healthy situation is But I truly believe that we can have it all. And we can create a marriage that supports our business and a business that supports our marriage. Even if it doesn't initially feel that way, like I said, a lot of times, it's just a matter of understanding everybody's needs and then being able to be vulnerable enough to come up with a creative solution. So how can I get what I need and how can you get what you need? It's not necessarily a compromise. It's like vulnerability plus curiosity equals creativity. And then you just come up with this scenario that's better than anyone could have ever dreamed possible.
0: Oh, I love that. Can you say that again?
1: So the equation I teach all my students is vulnerability plus curiosity or actually the other way around curiosity first plus vulnerability equals creativity. So people get really afraid of this word conflict, like, oh, I just, I'll be quiet and, you know, just stuff, stuff down my emotions, or I don't want to bring this up because it'll bring conflict or, and so they, they quietly like stew inside, but conflict is actually such an amazing opportunity to, you know, we're all different and especially men and women, typically opposites attract. And so I always say like, you know, you're going to have differing opinions. You're going to see things from a different perspective. That's the beauty of like the masculine, the feminine, all of that together in family life. So you're going to have conflict and it's good to bring this conflict up. So one of the reasons why I disliked graduate school and I didn't want to do a lot of therapy is because We talk a lot about compromise and therapy, where to me, compromise is everybody has to sacrifice something and nobody really wins. And it's all semantics. Like it's all the way you think about compromise. But for me, I feel like when you bring up a conflict, but you approach it with curiosity, like you're curious about where the other person is coming from, and you can be vulnerable about where you're coming from and invite them to do the same. Then you have this incredible opportunity to come up with a creative solution that is infinitely better than either one of you could have come up with on your own. When you understand you have that compassion, like you said, you understand where the other person's coming from because you're curious and you're able to open up and be vulnerable and invite them to do the same. That's how you get true creativity. And that's where you create a scenario where both members of the couple get to grow and and become who they were meant to become in this beautiful, safe environment where everybody wins. Like, it's so incredible. And like, so the program I teach is called sexpionage. And it's, it's just this funny word, but it truly is the skills and the strategies that you use to allow each person in the relationship to differentiate, to become like the very best version of who they could have ever become. And then you willingly share those, those parts of each other with each other. And so that's sex And I love it so much.
0: So good. I love so much about that because oh, my wheels are turning, but, and this is the gift of entrepreneurship. It just opens us up to a whole other dimension of ourselves. And if you think about how that impacts a marriage, right? It's like so real, it's so raw. And this is where we get to step into freaking an infinite amount of opportunity and potential for a relationship, like so good. And this equation I think is something that we could really contextualize, right? And it really allows you to like pause and really think about how to approach, right? These different scenarios in which you might be dealing with day to day. So I really love that. Thank you for that. I would love for you to share too, like what other tactical level things should we be thinking about as women entrepreneurs, you know, in the home, in our businesses that will allow us to really elevate our relationships and allow us to have it all?
1: Yeah. I love that question so much because There's some really, really, really simple things. You don't have to get like super extravagant, but when our spouses feel prioritized, they're much more willing to support and, and, you know, give us that, give us the things that we need to become who we need to become. And so I like to give just a few little tips on how we can prioritize our marriage in order to crush our business goals. So number one is these daily connections. I, I love to break things down into numbers. There are 1,440 minutes in a day. And so daily connections only need to take about 10 to 20 of those minutes. These are non negotiable daily connections. So I teach my, my students to carve out 10 to 20 minutes in a day. And that's when you truly connect with your spouse. And so we, my husband and I do it first thing in the morning, but you could go on a walk after dinner. You could do it after the kids are in bed, um, you know, right before you start watching your favorite show or whatever, but it's, it's 20 minutes where you go back and forth and you ask each other questions, like not how was your day, but how did you feel today? What was the most exciting thing that happened to you? you know, what was difficult? What are some difficult emotions you felt? What are some things I can do to make your days better? And you just, it's like you look inside of, of your partner and you just get curious. Right. And so it's 10 to 20 minutes, non-negotiable every day. And you always end with some form of physical affection, be it a kiss makeout session, you know, a long hug, a little back rub, some, um, physical manifestation of the the fact that you have connected. So daily connections, so important. And then there are 168 hours in a week. And I ask you to use three of them for date night, non-negotiable every single week. Now date night is where you, we don't talk about kids, We don't talk about business. We don't talk about finances. It's not a feeling session. It's not like this is, you know, going well. It's not like a defining relationship, any of that. It is like fun and connection. You go and you do something new together. You do something that you enjoy. You do something active. It doesn't have to be expensive or extravagant. My husband and I's favorite date now is to date night right now is to go pick up takeout and watch the sunset in our car and eat our dinner together. Right. And then maybe we'll take a walk around, you know, a Lake or something like that. It's like so simple, but it's just time that you have fun and you connect, you act like silly teenagers, you get ready, you flirt, you, you know, build anticipation through the week. You can take turns planning it. Um, it's, it's a time to get to know each other on a different level. Like it's not mom, dad, business owner, boss, like it's like husband, wife, lover. That's date night. Another one of my favorite suggestions is to be at the crossroads for each other. And so I I do this with my kids, but definitely with my spouse. So I work from home and my spouse leaves every day. So for me, it's kind of like a golden retriever trick principle. I try really hard to be there when he leaves, like you know, the beaver cleaver, like, you know, kiss him and wave goodbye. And then to be there when he comes home and not to like jump on him, like, oh, this, you know, the dishwasher's broken and the kids are a rack and da, 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 da. Like, it's like, a, I am so happy you're home. It's like inviting him into our safe, welcoming, peaceful home where he can just kind of brush off you know, whatever stresses of the day and know that he's home in a place where he is welcomed and loved and accepted for, for just who he is. And it's like my way of saying like, man, I have missed you. I am so happy. You're a part of our life and come on home. And then I try to give him like, you know, 20, 25 minutes before I'm like, Hey, so-and-so needs to go to soccer practice. And you know, th- you know, I need help with dinner, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so I call that being at the crossroads. I do that for my kids as well. Like, I love it when my kids get home from school and I can welcome them home and be like, hey, you know, you have my full undivided attention right now. Like, how was your day? How was recess? (laughs) You know, how was your lunch? And, And so that's how you can prioritize in a way the people that are most important to you. And it doesn't take a lot of time and it doesn't even take a lot of, effort. Another way I like to describe this is I was just coaching somebody earlier and she was telling me it's so hard, you know, cause she, she feels like she's working on her business all the time. And I said, I, I, I think of this rock, it's like a visual representation and it's two jars that are the same size. And in the one jar you're putting in kind of sand and then the little pebbles, and then you're trying to jam these big rocks in at the end. Whereas in the other jar, you put the big rocks in first and then you can put in the the pebbles and the sand and it all fits so well. And so if we just prioritize, if we'll take a moment to figure out what our biggest priorities are and we will make those first, all the other things will fit. Not only that, but they'll work so much better. They'll fill the jar in a way that just is so beautiful it like makes this beautiful picture when we put those first things first. And so like I said, it doesn't have to take a lot of time or a lot of energy to make the people most important to us first in our lives.
0: Oh my gosh, there's so much so much to unpack there, but I think just uh you know even from personal experience, and again, this is another gift of entrepreneurship is you have the freedom and the flexibility of choice. And you get to decide the day, right? So if that means arranging your time so that you are there when you're present, when your kids leave, your husband leaves and you're present when, when they come home, like that is so incredible. And that, again, another gift of entrepreneurship. And I love, we, we've been doing ever since I shifted to entrepreneurship, we've been doing consistent date nights every week. It's a non-negotiable for us. Yeah. And it's, it's totally expanded and evolved our relationship. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. Cause I think, especially when you've got kiddos Everybody else becomes a priority and then you feel out of alignment with your spouse. And then, and I love the visual representation of like trying to fit, fit everything else on top of uh, things that don't work. You really have to put yourselves in your marriage first. That's so important. And I think what happens is when we really show up to a business feeling empty, because if your marriage is out of alignment, that's the worst Feeling, Then you're operating a business out of misalignment and that will not take you very far, right? It'll be constant hustle, constant grind, and it'll be really hard. <laughs> so I think ultimately shifting this idea that, oh, I have so much work to do is in, in prioritizing those things first. And then, like you said, everything else will fit so much more nicely. So good. Oh my gosh. So good. We could jam out on this Forever. But I think the key takeaway is entrepreneur. You can have it all. And it's not a lot of effort. It's consistency. It's the awareness. And again, the prioritization. And this is, again, a gift that entrepreneurship gives us is we have the freedom and flexibility to do those things. Such a gift. So good. Okay. So let's wrap up. I love these key takeaways. I think totally people can literally take this. And turn around and implement it right away. So I love this. So simple, so easy, but I want to ask some rapid fire questions for you, okay. if you don't mind. <laughs> um, and I never give my guests a heads up on these questions. Cause I really just want to hear kind of that first response. Okay. Best book you've ever read.
1: Oh, right now I'm reading *Think and girl rich by Napoleon Hill. And it's always the, whatever book I'm reading right now is the best book I've ever read. <laughs>
0: good i've read that so many times share a limiting belief that you've had to overcome about yourself um, as you dove in into entrepreneurship
1: yeah totally that i was that if i were to persist in this that i would be taking so much away from my family and i've learned that i'm adding so much to them really
0: so good opposite effect so good what's your best time management tip for
1: for busy moms ooh time blocking love time blocking
0: Tell us what, like, how do you time block? I think everybody's time blocking looks a little different.
1: Yeah. So for me, it's like time blocking time to work on my business and time blocking time to be present with my family. And I feel like I really have learned that the hard way. So if I'm trying to be with my family, but thinking about my business, then that gets me in trouble. And if I'm, you know, worried about things that I should be doing for my family while I'm trying to work on my business, that gets me in trouble. And so I've tried really hard to set time that, and it gets even more challenging right now with Corona and my kids are home half the time. And it's like, whew, but it's really hard. So when I'm working on my business, I'm dedicated, you know, I've, I've got the supplies out. I've, I've got the mindset I'm working on my business. When I'm with my family, I'm just with my family. I love that. I do
0: have like after four o'clock, it's family and yes. it allows me because I've, I still struggle with this. I have a hard time like clocking out, if you will, yeah. but at least that shift, even in my time and on my calendar, that shift of like work time, now it's family time really helps set that up. So I'm, I'm so glad you said that. If you had to do everything different, if you had to start your business all the way over, what would you do differently?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I don't know that I would do very much differently at all. I think I would, I think I've learned some hard lessons and I think that I don't think I would be where I was today if I hadn't learned those lessons. So I don't know that I would change anything really. Mm, so good. I love that. Are you morning bird or night owl? Both. <laughs> How many hours do you sleep a night? I'm actually a very, very good sleeper. I'm typically in bed by 11, either reading or falling asleep at 11, but I'm up in the morning at six with my husband. My husband is like My husband is an extreme morning bird. And so by six o'clock we're up, but I, that's a good solid seven hours. Yeah. Same, same here. So good. Okay, girl, this is so good. I, what an honor to
0: have you here again. I just feel like this is such a needed conversation. I know even in the things that we're experiencing together, my clients, and I think even COVID in general has really pushed our marriages. It surfaced a lot of things for us that may have been laying dormant. So I think this is such a timely topic. So thank you so much for sharing your expertise. Where can people find you?
1: Yeah. So everything can be found at www.onthebrightersideofmarriage.com. The new podcast is On the Brighter Side of Marriage. Um, You can find me on Facebook, On the Brighter Side of Marriage for Entrepreneurs. Um, And I love to hang out on Instagram at Monty Tanner one. Cool,
0: awesome. And I think you were
1: you have a free resource to share with my audience, right? Oh yes. That's per I almost forgot. Yeah. So I have a resource download of seven things that you might try if you're trying to get more support from your spouse. So we talked about, you know, why maybe you're not getting the support you're looking for. And so this is just my seven top tips to kind of get started to get more support from your spouse. Oh, so good. Cool. We'll, we'll include all the links there in the show notes.
0: Thank you again, Monica, for being here. It's such a gift.
1: If you liked what you heard today and want to
0: continue the conversation, join us in the Facebook community. Just go to launchitgirlpodcast.com.
1: Can't wait to see you in there.